what are people actually looking for when they take, type something into Google. So even if you have this really long in-depth piece of content, that doesn't mean it's going to rank if it's not what the people actually typing it into Google are looking for. Like if people are looking for the listicles and that's what's getting the clicks on the front page of Google, then that's what Google's going to rank regardless of the quality of your content. Like it's still going to rank quality, but it also takes into factors which things are people actually clicking on and how much time are they spending on those pages. So if they're not interested in reading this super in-depth, long piece of content and they just click back and they just want the quick and easy tips, then that's what Google's going to rank. So it's not necessarily that Google wants to show these things. I think it's more so that the people want to see those things on Google. Want to discover new parts of the world while filling the pet-shaped hole in your heart? House-sitting website Trusted House Sitters gives you the chance to live as a local in over 130 countries, opening the door to a world of travel possibilities. And with thousands of pets looking for caring sitters like you every day, there's no doubt you'll discover the perfect travel opportunity with the perfect travel companion. Whether you want to wake up in a Spanish beach condo with a cat or a high-rise apartment in New York City with canine company, house-sitting allows you to see the world in a new way. And not to worry if cats and dogs aren't your thing. Trusted House Sitters has pets of all shapes and sizes, from alpacas and horses to rabbits and hamsters. Find out more about house sitting and unlock a whole year of unlimited sits with adorable pets by visiting trustedhousesitters.com or download the Trusted House Sitters app on the Apple or Google Play Store. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm super excited to bring you today's guest, Bill and Kayla, who run TheWanderingRV.com, a hugely successful website that generates revenue through affiliate commissions. Um, welcome to the show. I don't even know where to start. There's, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So I came across um, your website through a, a friend of ours and, um, you know, he recommended that I reach out to you guys. I had a look. So The Wandering RV is an authority site for the is what I would call it. Um, you know, it's a website specifically focused on one niche and you have put a lot of thought and time and effort into building this up. So can you take us back? Why did you decide to to build this website? What led to it? Originally, it started that we just wanted to fill in our friends and family with our travel journeys. Yeah. So we started off living in an RV and um, Kayla's idea was to start the site just to show people where we were going and what we were doing. And uh, it kind of took off from there when we started using it as like a guinea pig because we, we used to do SEO for clients and uh, we were learning a bunch of new cool stuff and I was really passionate about the SEO aspect of it. So we wanted to take what we were learning and kind of apply it just so we could test out some theories. That kind of eventually led into us making a little bit of money and we realized, hey, why not scale this up and see how far we can take it. Did you start out with like the Amazon affiliate program, which is where a lot of people may start out because, I mean, there's unlimited products. It's I know it's a small commission, but if you can build it up over time, is that how you would have cut your teeth with um, you know doing affiliate content on the blog? Yeah. So Amazon was um, the first one that we started with. And then we slowly branched out from there once we figured out what was selling. 
yeah, I mean, Amazon's commissions aren't uh, aren't the best these days, and they keep slashing it. So, uh, strategic alliance for you know rental companies, similar to I mean, I know another guy who runs a a website and he does a lot of hostel reviews. Um, you know, like best hostels in Dublin, best hostels in Amsterdam, and he's an affiliate for the likes of Hostel Bookers, Hostel World, places like that, and you can get a good commission for recommending over to. Uh, you know, a booking software company. So is it something like that that you had for RVs? Yeah, we um, work with Outdoorsy for RV rentals and uh, use a lot of our content to get people into rentals and, you know, exploring around a little bit and we make a commission there. So I guess when you, when you started the site and you were just updating, you know, your friends and your family, you mentioned that you were working in SEO. So were you freelancing while traveling around, I, I imagine, the United States in your RV? Yeah, it started as um, freelance writing. Kayla and I were both doing, we were doing the same thing, but separately. Like she had her clients, I had my clients. And uh, it just got to a point where you can only make so much money doing freelance writing because people are only willing to pay so much for just strictly words on a screen. Um, So that's when we started to learn SEO to kind of be able to charge more. And then that was kind of what led into learning about content marketing and SEO and blogging and link building and all this other stuff. Well, I was reading through on your website, which is um, billwidmer.com. And just looking through your client list, you know, people who you've worked with um, over the years, such as, you know, Content Marketing Institute, Social Media Examiner, Search Engine Journal, sumo.com, to name a few. So those are huge clients. So we do get a lot of freelance writers um, who listen to the show and a lot of people who have, um, well, not a lot, a couple of people who've come on who are freelance writers. So can you talk a little bit to when you were freelancing, how you did get these sorts of clients? You know, what was your, did you do outreach to these people? Was it LinkedIn? How did that look? Pretty much it started as us just writing for our clients. And when we were learning about things like link building and guest posting and stuff like that, that's when we reached out to um, these different sites because they accepted guest posts and, you know, they were really big sites. So we started off writing guest posts for them and eventually they just loved our guest posts so much that it turned into a client relationship. So I would say guest posting and referrals have been our two biggest drivers of um, new clients. I get what you mean. So actually go to these websites that have the authority in the industry, but have a write for us section. And, you know, that's, I mean, you're writing for free. (laughs) You're writing for exposure at that point, but it can help. um, Well, first of all, it can be in your logo banners, you know, that I'm good enough writer that I can write on social media examiner and have my content accepted, but also can create this referral process for you. So, Yeah, exactly. You have to find a way to kind of link your different processes together. So when we were doing SEO for clients, part of that was link building. So we were doing guest post outreach anyway. And while we were at it, we just made them as high quality as possible. That's kind of really what did it for us is you know, it's not like just your generic 1,000, 1,500 word guest posts. This was usually like 2,000, 3,000, some of them were even 5,000 word guest posts that were just like bangers. Like we really put everything into them. I, I really can't. If you haven't been to the website yet, you need to head over to thewanderingrv.com for anybody listening and just click through. Like what you're saying here is like 100%. Like it, this isn't like 500 word, 1,000 word, even 2,000 word articles. These are dynamic pages beautifully built um you know multiple questions you're, you're linking out to other people's website there's so much thought goes into these you know that I, you know i would say that it's the best piece of content on the internet for that query 
and that is in my opinion oh thank you but truthfully like that's like you know the 50 must have rv accessories like you click into that and you look at it and, and there's just so much content it's so well put together it's vis- visually aesthetic it's mobile responsive yes it's got loads of affiliate links but that's how it makes money like you know it's like that's it's you know I, I don't know it's absolutely fabulous content so when you're putting this sort of content together you know like what, what's what's your thought process on this? Does it begin with the keyword research? Um, is, is that where it all starts? My favorite way of finding keywords for these articles is to use a tool called Ahrefs. Essentially, they have a content gap tool, which you plug your website into it, and then you plug in all of the other websites that are in your niche into it. And it'll compare your site to their site to see what keywords they're ranking for that you're not. And you can go through those keywords, and I'll literally spend an hour, two hours, sometimes three hours, just sitting there going into these keywords one by one to see, okay, what's the content that's ranking? How many clicks does this get compared to a lot of times you'll get a lot of views, but not a lot of clicks. So if it's like an information query, I know I'm getting kind of into the guts of things right now, but (laughs) if you um, see a keyword and it's got a ton of clicks or not a ton of clicks, a ton of views, so a ton of searches every month, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good keyword because if it doesn't have a lot of clicks, so if someone Googles, I don't know, Trump's birthday, it'll show Donald Trump was born this date and you don't even have to click on anything. And that isn't a good thing to rank for because all it's doing is showing information and you're not actually getting any traffic to your site. I don't know why that was an example. I think I read that as an example somewhere before and that's what it... <laughs> no, but like, what an odd example. I mean, I've seen some stuff come out around this. I, I believe in France, they might be even uh, suing Google for this at the minute where, you know, they're, they're doing these little drop down snippets. So people are Googling things now and they're not actually going out to the website. They're just clicking, you know, like a little drop down arrow and getting the answer to their query. But in France, I believe they're making a case about this that like, you, you know, yeah, that wasn't Google. The they're show. stealing yeah, information. They're stealing it. Yeah. it wasn't Google's the show, but it's definitely something that's made. Um, I mean, look, it, like that's I notice myself doing it sometimes, you know, like you might click, you might not actually go into the website. You'll click the drop down. But look, this Google is forever fluid. It's always changing. Um, you know, I've even read some um, articles recently about people who had really good, well thought out, well put together articles Um. I believe it was the guys over at authorityhacker.com and they were talking about, I think they were top for like how to make money blogging or something. And they lost their ranking. And that was a really difficult keyword to rank for. And all these pages that were like real generic listicles had taken the top spots. And they were like, all right, let's pull back this really big, long, detailed piece of content, change it to a listicle. And up they went back up the rankings. It was like, because that was what Google wanted. You know what I mean? Like that that's what they decided at this time that that's what the sort of content they want for that query. So yes and no. So what you're talking about is um, user intent, search intent. What are people actually looking for when they take type something into Google? So even if you have this really long in-depth piece of content, that doesn't mean it's going to rank if it's not what the people actually typing it into Google are looking for. Like if people are looking for the listicles and that's what's getting the clicks on the front page of Google, then that's what Google's going to rank regardless of the quality of your content like it's still going to rank quality but it also takes into factors which things are people actually clicking on and how much time are they spending on those pages so if they're not interested in reading this super in-depth long piece of content and they just click back and they just want the quick and easy tips then that's what google's going to rank so it's 
not necessarily that Google wants to show these things. I think it's more so that the people want to see those things on Google. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's what the people want. And it's what, like you're saying, what they're engaging with, where they're spending the time. Because, you know, we all know Google tracks everything, you know, it's, it knows everything of what's going on um, with the website. So I, I guess with yourself, so, you know, how long did it take b- between like, let's say, you know, launching the site, you're out, you're traveling, you're working on your clients to like, Let's, you know, th- this is a real serious thing we have here. Like, you know, the traffic is growing, the, the, the content is ranking, you're getting your getting some commissions. You know, how long do you believe it took for the website to really start to ramp up for you? It was probably two and a half to three years before we started making an actual income off of it. Like we made some money before that, but it wasn't nearly enough to live off of or to stop working with clients or anything like that. Um, and then it wasn't until probably about year four, I want to say, what do you think that we, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That we started making enough to actually compete with our clients, like as far as income goes. And then this year, literally in the last, what, three months we've stopped working with clients. So this is the first, uh, first year that we've been able to focus completely on our own projects. So you're all in, uh, you're the second guest I've had on now who's all in under affiliate website. So, (laughs) well, sorry, I don't, I I call it affiliate website. I'm sorry if that's not what what you call it. It's just, uh, no, yeah. it's fine. Call whatever, I don't care. <laughs> it's just a term. Now, you, you did mention that, like, so with the skills that you have and the knowledge that you have, and I know this is a beast and the content takes, you know, I imagine a lot of time to put together and we, we can get back to that um, afterwards. But, you know, seeing as you have the skills, you've proven the concept, does it make you want to diversify and, and build out, you know, new sites in similar industries? Like, I imagine... You're, you know, especially yourself, Bill, when you're in Ahrefs, if it's you who's doing that and the keywords and you're bound to come across things, you're like, Jesus, there's opportunity there. And and how do you catch yourself and be like, nope, come back to the wandering RV and let's stay focused. So what's your thoughts on that? I definitely think it's more of an issue that I have than Kayla. Kayla's a very focused person, whereas I'm more like, all right, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this all over the place. Um, <clears throat> so I do have to catch myself. I think right now we are diversifying. I mean, Kayla's got her food blog that she's working on, the sustainableharvest.com. And um, I have my website, billwidmer.com, that I do want to put more time into. Most of our time right now does go into the wandering RV, but we are starting to kind of branch out and try other things. So does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. No, like, so you do have, um, like you said, so you're, you're building another site out. You have your own site as well, which, uh, I mean, primarily was used for as, as a place to help with your clients, but now you don't really need that. So it's probably, we'll see what we do with that <laughs> further down the line. Yeah, I have plans for it, but we'll see when I actually get to them. <laughs> oh, fair, oh, believe me, I know how that feels. Um, so I guess let's talk about just the... Um, like a little bit about the content that you are putting out on the website. So, you know, they're, they're quite robust um, articles and, you know, there's two parts to it. One is the making of the content and the next is the actual promoting of it and, and building some links and, and doing everything else. Pinterest as well, I noticed you do quite well. So, um, you know, let's just get a little bit into, into that. So how, I know it's how long is a piece of string, but like, you know, how long typically would you put into, you know, maybe research, um, publication and then like the promotion of content for the Wander Norway? I would say it depends on the goal of the piece. If we're trying to rank something on Google, typically those are a lot more research. It's a lot more in-depth and it also depends on the difficulty of the keyword we're going after. So if it's an extremely difficult keyword, we're going to put 
days, if not weeks of effort into one piece of article. Like Kayla, for instance, had an article where she reached out to how many people was it? A hundred or no, 300 people, 300 people, their favorite places to travel. And that took her, what, two weeks, three weeks to. I mean, that's also relying on other people to get back to us, but. Yeah, yeah, it does take time when you're doing outreach posts like that. But, but then there are posts too, like I did um, an RV generator post or a, tra- a trailer hitch post, and we don't really know too, too much. We have to research those. But then like 50 RV accessories, that took me like a day to find all of them. A full day at least. Yeah, a yeah. full day, but it doesn't take as long as the heavily in-depth posts. Yeah. And a lot of the time it depends on, you know, how much formatting goes into it. Like, are we creating custom graphics? But to give you a generic number, most of our articles probably take us at least a day or two, like Mm -hmm. a full day or two. Yeah. But like, that's good for people to know. And that's, you know, I I mentioned the last guest, um, Niall Doherty, who was a freelance web designer and he um, now is all in on his website doing really in-depth course reviews, you know, but he's, some of his stuff takes weeks, you know, like it takes weeks to put together that one course review. Uh, And, but that's the, that's what it takes now. If you want to have, you know, be an authority in a niche, you know, if you want to create, as I said, the best piece of content on the internet for that topic. Um, And especially if you're looking to involve other people and loop them in and get their, you know, um, input, if you will, and, and everything else, get quotes from them, get the recommendations. So it, just for people listening that, you know, if, if you are building these sorts of websites like this is the sort of quality, you know, if you want to get to this level, that's the sort of quality that, that people are putting out there. So that's what you have to compete with. <laughs> so, <laughs> On a note there, too, I do want to mention um, quality doesn't necessarily just mean length either. Like we were talking about before um, search intent on Google. So if you go on Google and, you know, the top three results are less than 2,000 words, pumping out a 6,000-word article isn't necessarily going to help you beat out those articles because that might not be what people are looking for. I've had situations where um, I was helping a client write some articles for certain keywords and I saw, you know, all of the top-ranking articles were like 1,500 words or less and I was like, oh, I'm just going to bang out something amazing, like way longer, way more in-depth than any of these And I did, and it didn't even hit the first page of Google, like after months, and I didn't know what was going on. And then once we changed it to be shorter, kind of similar to the authority hackers um, case study, it ended up actually hitting the first page. And it was because a lot of the tips and advice that people were looking for were just like bullet point, like, here's what you need to do, boom, boom, boom. Like it wasn't going in depth on each of those points. Yeah, li- li- the listicle style stuff. So, um, but it just goes to show. So, just I guess to, to double go a little bit deeper into that. So, if you were doing research now for a new, um, you know, like let's if it was your website, if it was somebody else's, would you Google the phrase and actually look at what's ranking versus just spending your time in a tool like Ahrefs or you know SEMrush or whatever it is that you use? Yeah, I literally Google the keyword. Anytime I think I might want to rank for something, I will Google the keyword always, not just look at it in Ahrefs. And I'll go into each article and I'll skim through every single article to see what they're talking about and how long it is and what their angle is and all of that kind of thing. So I never write anything without actually looking at the search results. Okay, and the format of the article. So, I mean, that's important because I think a lot of people didn't do that before, but now it's become more important um, like, like we're talking about because you know this is what's being served this is what the users want so it's all well and good if you think you're gonna 
write, you know, like you're saying, a really long article or really cool and put all this effort into it. But like Google wants what it wants <laughs> or the users want what it wants, not Google. So it's important to see for the keywords you're going after, what's the sort of content that's ranking and rank, you know, make something similar. Um, you know, don't try and recreate the wheel. Yeah. I mean, Google is always changing, but at the same time, it always comes down to getting more people to click on the search results. So giving people more of what they want, having a similar format to what's already working. Like as long as you create quality content that matches search intent and you build links, that's all you're ever really going to need. I don't think Google's ever going to get rid of those three things. Those are going to be the staple forever. That's it. And and then when it comes to promotion, because I think this is where a lot of people struggle. You know, you mentioned a lot of a lot of guest outreach, um, you know, to help build these big, uh, you know, contributor articles. So when it comes to promoting an article, you know, what is where do you even start? What's your strategies? I know you have a lot of Pinterest pins going on. <laughs> there must be a good RV community on Pinterest. But besides that, you know what? Like what else have you got going on when you have a piece of content finished? We'll reach out to anybody we link to within the article and mention that we link to them. We do initial outreach to get people like quotes and suggestions and things like that into the article beforehand. So it's kind of like a pre-promotion. So that way, once it's live, they're like, oh, show me it once it's live because they contributed to it. So that gets a lot of shares, some backlinks, things like that. Doing any kind of original research or studies or things or statistics of any kind is usually a really good way. And then reaching out to journalists and different news outlets and stuff like that is a good way to build links. Um, Kayla, can you think of any more? actually signed up to Harrow there recently, which is, um, people keep mentioning it to me. So help a reporter out and you get your email twice a day. So, you know, if there was anything about RVing or stuff like that, you can get you can get mentions from pretty pretty big uh, newspaper and blog websites, but you got to be quick. You know, when they, it's like those journalists got to do however many articles a day. So it's like <laughs> when you get that email, you better be replying or you better have a VA monitor in it or something <laughs> hitting you up as, as, you know, pretty quickly. But you can get links from some very powerful websites um, by using Harrow and it's free. You know, I mean, there's a free plan. That's all I've signed up for. But um, that that's an interesting one. Um, and look, I love the idea of these, you know, contributor posts that you're talking about. You often see it like, you know, oh, 30 SEOs give their tips or, you know, 20 social media marketers give their tips. And you know, this is really good. Um, it's a really good strategy because like you're saying, those people feel like they contributed. It was fairly easy for them to do. They just give you over a wee paragraph or something. You do the work. You build out this big, beautiful article with loads of contributors and, and they'll link back to it and share it because um, it's a quality piece of content. The key to making that work too is making sure that the, the article that comes out of that makes them look awesome. So yeah. like the design, the graphics are designed really well. The formatting looks good. Like it looks good on mobile and desktop, no matter how you look at it. Because the way an article looks is just as important, sometimes even more important than the actual quality of the words on the page itself. Because when someone lands somewhere and it looks well-designed, like professionally done, they instantly trust it over just seeing, you know, a white background with some text on it. Your site is class. Um, I love it. And what are you using? I, I know you mentioned Thrive in your podcast, but I mean, that could have changed or maybe you're too far in bed with Thrive to change it. So uh, is that still what you use to build your website, the Thrive Content Builder? Yeah, we still use Thrive. Um, Kayla, you use, what's it called? I use Elementor for Elementor. my site, yeah. I like Elementor a lot better. 
I went with that on the Digital Nomad Cafe for, for my website, Astra, Team and Elementor. Um, I had Thrive before, but I don't know, it kept breaking for me, but maybe I just didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it's we've, ha- we've had a lot of issues with it over the years, but um, their support team is really good. They're good about fixing things right away, and they'll actually go in, and if anything breaks, they'll fix it for you and stuff like that. So it's been it's been a rough ride but uh all in all they fixed pretty much all the issues and it's working pretty well now no that's good and and like you say i mean it's it builds beautiful site it the content's all sectioned up it's it's class i absolutely love what you did over there it's it's something to be admired and for people who are aspiring to build authority websites um or websites in general like it's 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 very good even all the gift guides i see there now gift guides for our viewers i mean that's perfect <laughs> like you know that's it's christmas hopefully you're getting plenty of links and shares on that piece of content um uh, over the christmas so when it comes to all the outreach like do you use any tools for this or is it purely just you know research yourselves or, or with an um an assistant or a freelancer to help you with all of the outreach um we do like to use a freelance assistant when we're able to but it's been um it's been just us for quite a while yeah not the best experience working with others we need to get better at finding and hiring the right people yeah. uh, but i think that's a problem a lot of entrepreneurs have um, but as far as as far as tools go we use Mailshake for the actual outreach what is it hunter.io i believe for the email finding for what we can didn't either we just start no no using... voila norbert is the one we use didn't we just start using um bird send no that's for um email marketing oh. not for outreach yeah, no, I have uh, Mailshake myself. Um, that's what I use, and um, Hunter as well. So <laughs> similar, similar tech stack. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for the for the outreach, you know. Um, so um, look, I mean, this has been so good. Um, so what would be your tips? You know, like kind of takeaways with all the experience you have years down the line. I mean, when I, when you look at a website like yours that's so well established, it ranks so well, it gets so much traffic from Google. It's kind of like. I mean, for somebody who's just starting out, they might be like, Jesus, where do you start? Or, you know, how would I even begin to build um, something like this? So what would be your tips to somebody who wanted to build a website in a niche that they could then, you know, potentially live off like you're able to now um, with The Wandering RV? Start small, you know, see if it's something that you like. Start with one piece of content after one keyword and don't stop building links and promoting that until it ranks. Don't try creating content every week or, you know, every month or whatever it is until you've kind of gotten a process down and you can find something that actually works. Um, Too many people are just creating way too much content. I would say spend more time researching keywords, spend more time writing better content, spend more time building links, and don't worry about having X number of articles on your site or anything like that like you can rank a site with literally one page it doesn't have to have all of this different stuff on it and you know the website that you see now was not the website we first had oh no it's It's changed a lot yeah we've redesigned it at least three times and this is the final one and it's it's been a lot of iteration i'm done (laughs) we're not doing this again Yeah, no, but it's challenging, but it's it's true. And I mean, when you have a website, it's like, it's not just built and done, you know, like it's a constant innovation. You know what I mean? You're always going to be 
uh, you know, well, I mean, ideally you're always going to be in tra- looking to improve it, looking to roll out new things. I mean, Messenger is a big thing at the minute, the Facebook Messenger. Um, I'm looking to get a Facebook Messenger chat bot the episode with um, Paul Ace, who's doing the chat bots for like John Lee Dumas and Amy Porterfield and Screwed9to5.com. He is, his episode should be released um, tomorrow on the podcast. So like, yeah. Once you hear that, you're like, oh my God, like, why am I not doing that? <laughs> but I will, I will say on that, don't, to, to anyone listening to this, don't get distracted by all of the new fancy technology. Like pick one strategy and just keep hammering it until you get it to work. Yeah. And don't give up on it until you've really exhausted it. Cause too many people are just like, oh, I'll try chatbots. Oh, I'll try Facebook ads. Oh, I'll try SEO. Oh, I'll try social media. Oh, you know. XYZ and they only do it for a couple days or a couple weeks or whatever and then they give up on it and that is kind of what held us back in the beginning like I did how many different businesses I had different e-commerce stores and Etsy stores and all kinds of different stuff that I was trying and I never was successful until I found the one thing that started to work and then just hammered home on it double double down on it yeah i mean it helps when you have a partner who can uh, help you keep aligned because mine is good for calling me on my shit too <laughs> and she's like adam stop it you're trying to do too many things again <laughs> yep. Yep. so get get focused please i know we could possibly do that but you can't do it all right now <laughs> so let's get this thing working i think more than that too you should um build relationships with yeah. other people more than social media and everything too. Yeah. I mean, a big part of our success has been building relationships like with with you, Adam, for example, doing this podcast, like getting on other podcasts or even just listening to podcasts and reaching out and say, Hey, you know, this was an awesome episode. I learned this and implemented it and this happened. And don't, don't even ask for anything. Just reach out and say, thank you. Even the people that you want in your posts. Like when I reach out to people, I try to be as personable. And if they have a website, I read it and I'll try to talk to them before just asking them for something just like building relationships in general has helped a lot. And I think I even mentioned this on the article that you were talking about, the White Hat SEO one. Um, I mentioned relationship link building is the best link building we've ever had. Just as important as anything else. That's huge. And do you go to, is this mostly done virtual or do you like go to events? Because I mean, you're in the USA. So I mean, I know there's all sorts of events for bloggers and digital marketers and social media. And we have gone to some events, but mostly it's online it's like 99 percent virtual yeah but like i agree with what you're saying you know like this personalized outreach to relevant people in your industry and um you know i i like doing videos i'm i'm a wild man for talking so i'll send people voice clips on facebook or instagram i'll like record a video and attach it to an email and be like hey what's up (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah and plus once you start building relationships you can do what steve did with you and i and just introduce people to each other that you think would get along and then people will view you as a connector and as helpful and all this other stuff. And it's, it's not like I'm trying to ask Steve for anything. Like he just introduced us just because he knows that, that you and I would be potentially a good fit for the podcast and everything. So. Yeah. I mean, he knows that I'm into, um, you know, building affiliate sites and, and building what I call authority websites and, yeah, he was just like, oh, you got to you got to meet Bill and Kayla. I was like, all right, sweet. And I was like, Jesus, look at that site. That is a absolute beast. <laughs> it's like, I got to talk to these. Like, <laughs> how the hell did you build such a thing? And it's um, consistent effort over multiple years with extensive research and lots of work. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 
that's, that's what it sounds like. So look, um, thank you both for coming on and joining me. I really appreciate it. So um, where can people find you on the internet if they were looking to connect with you? Yeah, thanks for having us, Adam. Um, for me, you can go to BillWidmer.com or TheWanderingRV.com. We have contact pages on both those sites. Um, Kayla, you want to give uh, give the name of your site out? <laughs> uh, my site is TheSustainableHarvest.com. Yeah, look for, looking forward to it. That's the newest one, uh, the newest venture, um, Elementor, not Tribe. So we'll see how that gets on. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. It's I a... mean, I've, I've been doing that for almost two years now. It's just I've redesigned oh, okay. my site so many times and I just recently rebranded it. So it's kind of new, but I've been doing it for a while. Takes some time to figure out what yeah. you want. But it always does. But this is the thing too, you know, for people to, li- when people are listening, like even when you are experienced, you know, you still, you do things and then you're like, no, that's not quite right. And let's change it again. And like, you know, it's, that's just life. But the hardest part is, well, not the hardest part, but the most important part is taking action, you know, like getting, getting something up, sticking to it, being consistent and, and doing the work. And, you know, like that's, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Cause if you're just thinking about it and not doing anything, I mean, nothing's going to come of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this might be totally random compared to everything we've been talking about. But um, one of my biggest tips for anybody listening to this is get some kind of daily journal like the self journal or John Lee Dumas has that. Uh, what is it called? The ma- not the master journal, the other one. Um, I forget what it's called. But if you look it up, you'll find it. And it's just like these journals where you figure out where you want to be in three or six or 12 months. You figure out your exact goal, you write it down, you write down an action plan like the steps that you need to take over that time and then every single day you write here's what i'm going to do today and at the end of the day you write did i do it yes or no why or why not what can i do better tomorrow what am i grateful for and that's it It takes less than five minutes a day and it keeps you on track and it's probably one of the biggest things that's ever helped me to get our site to where it's at and keep me accountable along with kayla of course just Of course, yeah. I have uh, the best self journal sitting literally right beside me on the desk, um, which is similar. Yeah, um, I don't use it religiously. I use it kind of weekly, but um, I, yeah, I think it's really important too. Like just on what you're talking about there, to not set yourself too many things to do, be and you know then you don't accomplish them because then you just kind of you're wiring your brain in a way that's like, <clears throat> you know, I don't do all the things I said I was going to do. So small, correct action taking action you know doing things that you say you're going to do and so you're not lying to yourself and that helps to build that momentum and also build like the neural pathways in your brain it's like i do the things i'm going to say you know i'm not somebody who's like oh, i'm going to do all these things and then you don't do them and then you're you're kind of reinforcing that belief so don't be that person <laughs> yeah that's huge and if anybody out there has been you know lying to themselves or saying they're going to get something done and haven't been able to do it you can always change that like don't continue to beat yourself up. Just say, look, this is what I've been doing. This is what I've been doing wrong. And then start small. Say, I'm going to take five minutes today to do this one task and then do that. And then just those little t- teeny tiny baby steps will build that confidence in yourself over time. That's it. Marginal gains. That's what it's all about. 1% better every day, at least. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a brilliant story. Look, thank you, Bill and Kayla. Have a lovely evening. Thank you very much for joining me. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. I hope they found this actionable and insightful. Thanks for having us, Adam. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.